Chapter 6 The Carousel I was left on tenterhooks for a little over two weeks, and finally, the translated version of the arrest warrant arrived. It was time to dive right into the specificity of what had been written. As I read through paragraph after paragraph, I felt like my temperature was rising and my palms started to sweat from the anger that kept growing inside of me as I discovered how my character and my business operations were being described in the document. Since the criminal charges in the arrest warrant are centered around value-added taxes, or Mevestoya in German, let me add more context to lay a foundation of understanding for the rest of the story. Let us visualize for this next part. From a high level, value-added tax, or VAT, is a general tax that applies in principle to all commercial activities involving the production and distribution of goods and services in the European Union. At the same time, goods sold for export or services which are sold to customers abroad as in outside of the European Union, are normally not subject to VAT. Conversely, imports or goods and services being brought into the European Union are taxed to keep the system fair. Registered VAT traders are given a number by their respective tax authorities and must show the VAT charge to customers on invoices. There was also an EU database that allowed VAT traders to verify a buyer or seller's VAT number prior to completing a transaction. This was supposed to help establish a self-policing system. The way the EU determines how VAT is charged and reimbursed depends on the flow of the transaction. Let me give you a very basic practical example. Imagine goods and services that originated from a business based in Germany. Let's call the business G1. Now imagine G1 selling the goods and services to another German-based business, G2. Based on the VAT rules, G1 must add VAT to the transaction with G2 because both businesses reside in the same tax jurisdiction. In other words, G1 must charge taxes and report that to their respective tax authorities and G2 has to pay the taxes on the goods and services. I hope you're still with me. Now, G2, having purchased the goods and services with taxes applied, has acquired a new buyer outside of Germany. For this example, let's say this new buyer is based in the Netherlands. When G2 sells the goods and services to this Dutch company, since the businesses do not share the same tax jurisdiction, G2 cannot sell with VAT, so the Dutch company purchases the goods and services without VAT. This leaves G2 short of the VAT they paid when the goods were originally purchased. In order to make the situation fair, the VAT system allows G2 to claim a VAT refund back from the German tax authorities because they sold the goods without VAT when they had originally purchased with VAT. Keeping this foundation in mind, the charges against me stated that 
I knowingly participated in what is known as a tax carousel fraud, which essentially is the practice of importing goods from a country where they are not subject to VAT, selling them with VAT added, then deliberately not paying the VAT to the government. The arrest warrant described that I willingly got involved in a tax carousel chain by operating a letterbox company, or Briefkastenfirma in German, which according to the prosecutor's definition, is a bogus company merely set up to artificially extend invoice chains and obstruct the identification of other suppliers and individuals acting behind the scenes to steal tax money. According to the arrest warrant, I functioned as an intermediary who, on paper only, invoiced merchandise from one EU member state via Cyprus into a third EU member state, allowing the respective additional businesses in the tax carousel a VAT-free sale, which helped to set up the opportunity to commit the tax fraud further down the chain of transactions. Specific examples of the transaction in question were provided, which involved goods I purchased from a business based in the United Kingdom and sold to a business based in Germany, which is considered to be a non-VAT transaction for both the purchase and the sale of the goods because neither business was in the same tax jurisdiction as my registered company. According to the German authorities, the VAT fraud materialized after the goods were sold from my buyer to another German company. Even though I didn't have a business registered in Germany, the German authorities deemed it necessary to issue an arrest warrant because of a risk of collusion, meaning if I was free, I would have the opportunity to influence the investigation and warn the other parties involved. I was also considered to be a flight risk because I was a foreigner or Auslander in German and could flee the country and make it more difficult for the authorities to ascertain information from me. My head started spinning after trying to follow the transaction chains that were being listed. What does any of this have to do with me? I conduct legitimate business and I could show proof of that. I certainly don't have insight as to who is buying and selling the goods up and down the supply chain. As I continue to work my way through the technicalities of some of the transaction chains, I saw a company name I recognized. One of the German companies listed to have exported goods and claimed a VAT refund was my ex's business. But that wasn't a crime to claim VAT that is owed to you. There must be some sort of misunderstanding. I am sure there is an explanation when we start to peel the layers back. There were a lot of accusations being made in this arrest warrant, but no evidence showing proof that my business transactions were conducted in a deliberate way to support this tax carousel that was being described. It was extremely frustrating to read these things, and I was ready to defend myself. I had to speak with my lawyer about this as soon as possible so we can sort things out. I lost track of time as I worked my way through the document, underlying keywords and making little annotations on the pages. I heard keys jingling 
and apparently it was already time for Hofgang. I need to speak with my lawyer. I also need to take advantage of this opportunity to go outside. As I stepped into the hallway with my mind racing and arrest warrant in hand, another American guy I had made an acquaintance with walked over. We fist bumped each other and he immediately knew that something was up because I looked frantic. I immediately started to speak about the arrest warrant and how the information was not accurate. He echoed my thoughts, chuckled, and said, welcome to the club. I didn't find that to be amusing at all. Perhaps he had gotten desensitized to the circumstance. I hadn't reached that point. After a few minutes, we were led out into Hofgang. I walked around the track with this American guy and a few other guys that spoke English, and since everything was fresh on my mind, I was mainly focused on sharing what I had just read. Honestly, everything else was kind of a blur. After returning back from Hofgang, we had about 30 minutes of open cell time to shower and walk up and down the hallway. After I took my shower, I was standing by my cell doorway. I noticed an older-looking gentleman pacing up and down the hallway. We inadvertently made eye contact, and he smiled at me as if to be polite. I returned the smile back in kind. He kept pacing back and forth, and about the seventh time around, we made eye contact again. And this time he came over and said, hello, and welcomed me, which was kind of strange for me because I had been there for a few weeks at this point. He asked what brought me there. I hesitated to respond to him. I just met the guy, but I guess that was a common question to ask around here. He asked to see my arrest warrant. I said, why not, and shared it with him. He read the header, skimmed and flipped through the seven-page document for no more than about 30 seconds. He handed it back and said, interesting. I asked him what his thoughts were, and he said it was interesting to him because that was something along the lines of what he was being accused of. I asked him to share more about his case. He said that he didn't think it was appropriate to discuss that in depth in the hallway. He said if I was interested to know more, we should make time to discuss further during the times that we are allowed to congregate. I agreed. We shook hands and he walked down towards the end of the hallway where his cell was. As the warden started to herd us back into our cells, my cellmate mentioned to me that the nickname for the guy that I just spoke with is the professor and that he had been on the cell block the longest due to the nature of his case and apparently... He had studied law and was given an exception to have a laptop and German law books in his cell due to the volume of documentation involved in his case. I thought that was interesting. I thought to myself, perhaps I need to leverage this guy's brain power. More to come on the professor later. As we were about to get locked in, I asked the warden if I could make a phone call to my lawyer's office. After a few minutes, he opened the door and took me to the telephone located on the floor above. I called my lawyer's office and was able to get hold of him. 
I informed him that I had received and read the translated version of the arrest warrant and was convinced that I could show proof that everything which was written about me regarding criminal activity was inaccurate and that there were files which existed on my laptop that was seized during the raid that could provide exonerating evidence in my defense. After probing with additional questions and maybe even confirming the certainty of my request, the lawyer agreed to request for a copy of the files on my laptop and to also request an oral hearing, which would basically give me an opportunity to be presented to the pretrial detention judge and explain my case as to why it wasn't necessary to keep me in pretrial detention any longer. I would also be able to use my files from the laptop to show evidence to support my argument. This sounded exciting. The lawyer said he would organize to try and get us a date to appear in front of the judge as soon as possible and would inform me via a letter to the prison. Is this the moment of truth for me? Will I have an opportunity to get out of this place after I reason with the judge? I certainly have something to look forward to. My spirit felt elevated. Let's continue to dissect this arrest warrant and start preparing my statement for this oral hearing.